We're in the midst of FIFA Women's World Cup fever. Australia, a good start, a win over the Republic of Ireland. However, the big story was Sam Kerr's calf injury. She's been seen with it strapped. She won't play uh, in the game coming up uh, on Thursday. There's hope she might play in the final group game uh, against Canada. But certainly, longer-term concerns for the Matildas with her fitness uh, if she is to feature prominently in this tournament. Goals yesterday, plenty of them. We've had some great crowds, some great matches and great coverage on Optus Sport, which is where you can catch all 64 games of the FIFA Women's World Cup. Isabel Coots is with us now, Wayne. She's going to talk us through yesterday's results and how the tournament has started five days through. Isabel, good morning. Welcome to Sport FM in Perth. Good morning. How are you going? We're really well and really excited about this tournament. We had a game here in Perth over the weekend and there was 15,000 people and it wasn't a game that featured Australia, Isabel. The crowds are really warming to this tournament, aren't they? There's some great storylines, but um, some great crowds to see these matches. Yeah, the people have been flocking to them. I think as well what we've seen yesterday with the 1.5 million tickets sold uh, milestone met. I think people are kind of realising and, and waking up and getting those last-minute tickets that they can get to some of those um, neutral games, like like the ones in Perth that don't feature the Matildas, so it's great to see. It certainly is. And uh, games yesterday, plenty of goals, as mentioned. Uh, Brazil beat Panama in the late game last night uh, in Adelaide. I guess there's no real surprise there. We know that Brazil's such a strong footballing nation, but it's always good to see goals, isn't it? it, it, it that's a reason to go to the football if you know you're going to see goals. Definitely, definitely. And goals have been something that we haven't necessarily been seeing. We've seen some 1-0, some 2-0 score lines recently with only a few outliers. So it was great to see yesterday. And Brazil putting four past the debutantes was amazing. But, I mean, you know the, the, the depth of that squad when you bring on uh, the most prolific world goal scorer, Marta, off your bench. So you knew that they, they had a lot of depth and that golden generation is kind of peaking right now, so it's going to be great to see them on the world stage. Did I see a stat that she scored at five consecutive FIFA Women's World Cups now? That, that's a remarkable effort. Yeah, it is, it is. So I know everyone was talking about Cristiano Ronaldo and, and Messi at the, in Qatar, but um, yeah, Marta was, was one of the first with Christine Sinclair, so it's going to be great to see if she can score in a six. Uh, and yeah, leading world scorer... Got, World Cup goal scorer with 17 at, at tournaments. So if she can add to that, it'll be insane. Well, a quick one on the hosts. Uh, we've got uh, Australia and New Zealand having good wins first up. How significant was the New Zealand win uh, against Norway? Well, I've been to multiple tournaments and, and haven't won before. So Australia got their first win back in 2007, and that was huge for us. So for them to get that as hosts um, on home soil in front of a record crowd, it's just going to boost the sport over there that we can't even, I guess, imagine yet what it's going to do for, for the sport in New Zealand. And, yes, we hope that it grows the game and, and gives young New Zealand ladies the, the belief that they can play for their country and play in winning World Cup matches. They play the Philippines today. That, that sh Could that be two in a row for New Zealand all of a sudden when it rains, it pours, Isabel? Hopefully, hopefully. But we've seen with... Uh, Sajik's team uh, that he's kind of built against Switzerland that it's going to be really hard to get, to get anything past them. I mean, Switzerland only got one goal out of free play. The other was a penalty. So look, we'll see. But I think there's a great chance that they can do it again and keep this history rolling. 
All right. The, the obvious thing with, the, with an Australian point of view, we've got Nigeria coming up, and if we can get that, it looks as though we'll get through for the first qualifying anyway. But the Sam Kerr issue, I mean, people say it's not going to affect you know, where we're a team and all that, but it, it, it is a massive situation. And the faux part saying that she's got a tear and, and not a strain, um, what's come out of that? Do we have any idea of how long it's going to be and, and the seriousness of it? No, we haven't really been given any insight, obviously. Um, tactically, it makes sense, but we haven't been given that insight, but it's still, obviously, we're just, we're just waiting on the Football Australia and, and the Matildas to let us know what's actually happened. But, yeah, we definitely won't see her against Nigeria, and if Australia can win that, then they've basically booked themselves a, a ticket to the, the final round. So they might rest her again against Canada if they don't need her, but... Again, we're just going to have to wait and see what Tony Gustafsson wants to do with his squad, but I know everyone will be watching eagerly to see see her at every training to see what level she's at. But, yeah, she's not training fully, so not great signs at the moment. No, it's not. It's only early in the tournament, but to not have their, their champion goal scorer, Sam Kerr, and captain out there on the pitch, certainly a, a loss. Isabel, you're a journalist, so you're following these kind of stories. Was there any whisper around on, on the Wednesday or even the Thursday morning that something was up with, with Sam, or was this very well concealed by the Matildas management? It was very well concealed. I know that they, they said that it happened at the warm-up, um, which suggests that the media was there in that opening 15 minutes, but I don't know if all eyes were on um, Tamika Yallop and Kaya Simon because they were injured at the time, but there was there was definitely no inkling. As soon as that news dropped of the squad, um, an hour and 15 before kickoff, everyone kind of then caught on um, and they had to act fast. But no, yeah, no one had an inkling. Ireland's coach didn't know until the, the squad list dropped. So they really kept the, the car the card of her injury really close to their heart. That they did. Uh, Isabel Coates is with us, uh, the Sport Women's Football Journalist, the FIFA Women's World Cup in the day six today. Germany 6-0 winners over Morocco. Uh, near capacity crowd at Melbourne Rectangular Stadium yesterday, Isabel, for this game. Uh, just a reflection on a Monday afternoon in Melbourne. We know that Melbournians love their sport, but gee, it was a good crowd for a, a one-sided contest. Yeah, it was. I don't know if that's because it was Germany and, and their tips to go deep into this tournament or because it was Morocco and they're the, the first um, debutantes from out that way. So it was it was great to see in Melbourne. But, I mean, like you said, we saw that with the Matildas in their send-off match against France. So um, we're expecting big crowds down there. It's extremely early in the competition, of course, but um, United States, they've been dominant for, for many a year. Um, Brazil, England. Are, are we just seeing the, 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 the strong teams getting through quite easily? No, we're not. We thought, I mean, United States four years ago put 13 past Thailand, so for them to only put three past Vietnam, um, who are debuting, is just showing how much this game has grown and, and how close these results are moving forward. But again, that could change just with first game nerves and things like that. So hopefully some of those bigger teams do settle in and, and kind of follow, I guess, now Germany and Brazil's lead and take some of those big score lines away going forward. Got some big games today. Uh, Colombia play Korea Republic, New Zealand, Philippines, which we touched on, and Switzerland and Norway. A couple of games there in Group A, and the first game is in Group H. Um, it really works well from a time zone point of view, doesn't it, Isabel? We sort of go one game into the next, and you can park yourself on the couch and watch these games back-to-back, or be at the venue if you're lucky enough. I know. I think the most insane thing is that you can, co- you can just do that uh, in daylight hours. I guess mm. Australians are so used to watching these major tournaments. Uh, ridiculous hours at 3 a.m. and things like that. So 
Ross to be able to watch this in our own backyard at very reasonable hours is um, a luxury I don't think we'll get too often, so it's great to see. What sort of a threat does Nigeria pose to Australia in their Group B game on Thursday night? I guess we wonder and we're, we're biased. We think the Matildas are a genuine chance of, of winning every game and winning the tournament. But what sort of a threat does Nigeria pose? I guess we saw it against Canada. The, they can't really be um, put down to their ranking. They're, they're so great on the ball and their counter-attack is great. Um, but also we've just seen that unpredictability um, in their attack and defence kind of makes them really hard to, to get a hold of and um, Canada struggled with that. So the Matildas are going to have to be really organised and that was kind of, I guess, one of the problems against the Republic of Ireland. They parked the bus, so... Nigeria passed the bus in the, the back line. It's going to be hard to break through, but hopefully the Aussies can get one through um, and do something Canada couldn't do. Isabel, what were your selections at the beginning of the tournament, and, and has anything changed? I think it has changed. Seeing how good uh, Brazil are playing, um, I don't know if they've looked this strong in a tournament, and Germany as well. I think I had the US down, but... I think Germany and Brazil are clicking a lot better than the reigning champion, so I think I'm going to have to change my selection of winners to probably Germany and Brazil rather than the US, but fingers crossed still the US can get that three-peat for the first time. Some strong teams, some strong nations at this FIFA Women's World Cup. Talk about legacy tournaments in sport sometimes, Isabel, and, and the, the mark can be left long after the, the tournament's been held, and we think here Australia, the 2000 Olympic Games, and that still gets talked about even now, but is this going to be one of those tournaments that we, we talk about over generations, do you think, once it ends? Yes, I hope so. I definitely hope so. I mean... We saw that as well. I know you mentioned it there, the 2000 Olympics. The Matildas know firsthand what that does, um, having Cathy Freeman come in and surprise them. All the girls, that was their identified hero growing up. So to see that and see that in action and then realise the magnitude of what's happening on home soil, I, I don't think we'll, we'll be stopping talking about this for, for decades to come. It's going to be one of those watershed moments in women's sport, for sure. It will be. And you can catch all of the action live on Optusport, all 64 games broadcast there. You can read Isabel's work at optusport.com.au. Thanks so much, Isabel, for joining us. Hopefully another great day of action today. Yes, hopefully another great day. Thank you. Isabel Coates joining us this morning here on Sports Breakfast. Uh, women's football journalist at Optusport. Nice to uh, have her on the show to chat the results from yesterday and some of the storylines out of the opening week. We're almost a week through now of the uh, the FIFA Women's World Cup and